to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 333 of Free Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. We're halfway to hell. Three, three, three. I know. We, we are, we are all, almost there. Um, we're in... Well, I guess that's the East End of Glasgow, so I've kind of halfway to hell anyway, so maybe yeah. this is the push for me. Um. If it's Dante's <laughs> Inferno, we're like, what, five or six levels down now? Yeah, three, three, three. Yeah. That's, that's quite. Yeah, that's quite. And it's free beers in the movie as well. Yeah, that, that's yeah, exactly. quite a celebratory episode. I think. It feels yeah, let's, let's, even though it's gonna, not momentous. I'm going to have a drink to that, um, which is yes. a nice segue to. What are you drinking? Are you drinking? <laughs> um, I am drinking another can of Stormtrooper. This is the Galactic Pale Ale, um, which well, is very, nice. I've had that one. very. Yeah, I just had a wee sip, and it, it's really, really nice. Actually, uh, much nicer than I was expecting. So, and it, again, it's the. The funky stormtroopers that we've still not figured out how these guys can afford to, to own. But, um, yeah, nice nice drink. Yeah, I'm drinking the Brewdog Punk AF. Punk as fuck is really yes. to do. Yeah. Yes, because um, I need non-alcoholic stuff just now because um, I'm a sleepy Richard because yeah. it's, it's a late recording call. We're at 8 o'clock. This is, this is a late recording for us. Um, this is when we're usually thinking about return. Um, and, and off... off um, off mic, we were discussing how the weather and, and various other forces of nature have been keeping us awake this week quite great. Yes. But, so we're both very tired old men, I think. Yes. <laughs> but lack of football, my team playing in bad weather has meant I've watched a shit ton of stuff. So we've got a you, lot of stuff to get through. You today. have watched like pretty much everything <coughs> that's been screened this week. Yes. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> yes, anything to catch up on. I have been battering through it this week at a, at a rate of knots. Um, you, so, you have you, your list is impressive. I'm quite intrigued to, to see so some of the. I think I'm on already. I think we're 26 days into. I think I'm already on like 30 films this year already. I had just like three weeks into the year. Um, yes. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm ahead um, of my. I'm trying to beat my. Well, not beat my record. My record's ridiculous. Um, but at least try to get a, a film a day in this now, so I'm, I'm ahead of the curve right now. So I'm just myself. You've got to start on it. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll fire into this very quickly, uh, quickly, Colin. So we'll do the cinema catch up. Have you watched anything that I've seen and we talked about in the past? Have you seen anything? Um, I've not. I've no, nothing, nothing that we need to both discuss. No. Okay. Well, I did. I caught yes. up on. <laughs> I caught up on Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which you saw, I think, just before Christmas. Um, about a week after it came out, two weeks after, yeah, just before Aye, it came out, so um, a few sure. weeks ago now. Amazingly, still hanging around the cinema, I think it's because it's a bit of a quiet time, you know, keeping mm. the, the screens filled. Um, whew, um, this was a lot of calling. It's a long two hours, um, let's put it that way. Um, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a disjointed two hours. It's, it, a, it's a mess, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's feels like, like it's, it feels like they've shot so much stuff and they've tried to piece a film together because... The studio wanted certain things, and they just did, they've kind of completely lost any sort of idea of a tone to it at all. Yeah. It, just, it was so messy. And some of the CGI was really bad. Like Dolph Lundgren's hair was fucking horrendous at times. Like <laughs> the, the, the willowy kind of blown in it, and it yeah. felt like, like it was so strange. It was so odd. They've got like Nicole Kidman who basically doesn't do anything. It's like Nicole nothing, Kidman for fuck's sake. Yeah, she turns up for two or three scenes, does nothing at all, like literally nothing, and then goes and you're like, "What's?" Yeah. Amber Heard. I know she's not the most popular, but like she's barely in it as well, and it seems like quite a big role. It yep. was just utterly soulless and just so just. 
I think I'm the Dolly Parton line, which is it, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. And yeah. that's what I felt about it. It, 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 it felt like, it, it, like to have that much money, to have that much like at your disposal and still churn out that, it felt like, oh, what an absolute but Especially like. from like <coughs> a, a director like James Wan, who's he's made good films. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he can make a good film. It's, I I don't know James Wan how much he was involved in this towards the end. I've got a feeling he's like he, he dropped out. Yeah. Did, did you Did you get what when I was talking about it? When I was saying um, like it's called fucking Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, which only becomes relevant to the last like ten minutes of the fucking. So the fact it's called the Lost Kingdom and that's almost a, a tertiary note in it. It's superfluous to the full fucking film. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's, it's just like a tag on at the very end. I, I thought I don't know about you and. Uh, th- I was trying to be nice that Patrick Wilson seemed to be having fun. I think he, he was seemed to be more involved and more having fun than anyone else in it. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it was interesting how much they were sponsored by Guinness during it. That felt <laughs> odd as well. That yeah. felt I, really ham-fisted. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. subtle <laughs> in the yeah. fucking slightest. It was like Guinness, you know, close up camera shot. Okay. <laughs> um, some of the stuff is just so laughable. It's like they're driving that sub and one of just goes, let's go to stealth mode, and you just push a button and go, and it's like, oh yeah, we're in stealth mode now. It's like, yeah, that's like the, that's like that's completely, and it's almost, and they just would put stuff in it as to drive a plot. There was no like sort of rules put in place. Anything they get yeah. stuck in something it was like, oh, we've also got this button we can press that will do yeah. this. It's, oh, so you just you yeah. put something in the corner, don't know what to do, so just make a magic button that fixes everything. And to, to also have the same villain twice and not develop that character is fucking yeah. nuts. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the guy was just left in limbo, do you know what I mean? There was no development to his character whatsoever, yeah. which was a real shame. But the biggest issue, well, not biggest issue, but I did notice at the end, and we'll mention this later on, a show we're going to talk about later on, which was um, there's about five writers on this. Yeah. And it yeah. feels like it's a show, it feels like a movie with five yeah. writers. Yeah. It feels like there's, everything's just so disconnected. So It is a mishmash of ideas you're right just oh. fucking loosely connected by aquaman standing in the wind yeah. between each yeah. fucking segment do you know what i mean it was strange such a drop off from like, there have been two films sequels that came out in quite a recent time that had billion dollar movies that have had sequels that have really floundered you the marvels which mm. came from a billion dollar movie and i think the marvels is actually a very solid film that is <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. ripped off ripped apart this i can understand why it's been received so badly because it's just a it's just a poor poor film yeah um and i don't know if momoa didn't seem that invested in it he didn't seem engaged he didn't seem engaged at all in it yeah yeah no he was doing it by the 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 last film of the the marvel i suppose the last film um and what was it going to be at one point at one point they shot like with um cameras with michael keaton and stuff in this because that was going to be in this film first before he was appearing in um the the flash and things like that so they obviously had some sort of plan, then it's all went to hell, and just, this is what they've been left with, essentially. Like, fuck it, yeah, let, let's just churn this out and, and just move along now, which is maybe for the best, um, but yeah, it was a disappointing experience, wasn't it? it was like, There's a lot that the best um, DC film this year might have been Shazam. You're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, so, of, of, yeah. Last, of the like, 2023 films, the, the yeah. crowd, it was probably Shazam might have been the best with a lot of them. Uh, and that wasn't fucking That wasn't good, was, that was <laughs> good at all. Yeah. Um, let, let's hope Mr. Gunn can, 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 gets it back on track again. That, that's that's, so much that's the, um, the dream. Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot to do. Out of 10, what would you give it, sir? A four. 
I, I think I gave it a four as well. Now it was a generous four. Um, I think all generous four. Yeah. The octopus, the octopus gave me a few chuckles. Yeah. yeah, and I like the kind of big mon- big sea monster they had at the start. I, I quite enjoyed that idea. And like, I like some, but um, yeah, other than that, belt, Amber yeah. Amber Heard was. I think she is so. What like, like the camera loves her. Do you know what I mean? And oh, it does. Yeah, because she's a stunning woman as well. Yeah, she, she, and her character again, just an underdeveloped character, just nothing to do, but you know, look pretty in a tight fucking suit, and it's like, come on, man, you know, there's more to, to Amber Heard than this. Um, it's also so odd that the kids, the baby's got powers in this, right? Yeah, and it's like they seem to be shocked by this. It's like you're a, you've got powers, your mum's got powers. Why are we shocked? This baby's yeah, got some yeah. water it's powers. A, it's a, wouldn't you expect that? Wouldn't you be uh, shocked if it, if it didn't yeah. have powers? Yeah, strange oh, film. Totally strange. Not one of them. Too much time now, Colin. Um, yeah, so let's move move on. I did also what well, not the cinema. I just made very quickly. I watched the new Critters movie called Critters Attack. I enjoy, I'll say this, it's not very good, but I enjoyed it because I'm I'm got a weird soft spot for the Critters movies. So, um, dude, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of the Critters as well. Um, Black and Wallace, uh, screaming till you like it. Do you know what I mean theme tune and stuff like yeah. that? I'm, I'm all about Critters. I, I get you. Um, it, it's a guilty pleasure. For it's sure. got um, D Wallace in this. It's back in it. Oh, D Wallace is back. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm not, not like, apart from E.T., she is a proper scream queen, isn't she? She's not living in, she's very much a horror woman apart from E.T. Yeah, like Cujo, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was, um, well, the Howling as well she was in, wasn't she, as well? She was in Howling, well done. Yeah. So good recall. Yeah, yeah she was, definitely. She's very much a scream queen, but she had this one shining moment in E.T. when she wasn't a scream queen. It's, it's kind of yeah. odd that she's at, has that one big movie. Yeah, that, that's it. But I always, always like seeing D. Wallace. I always, always kind of. Get, puts a smell on my face into yours. Uh, yeah, so that, she was she was enjoyable on it, but um, aye, it's it's on Sky. So I don't know if you want to find it. It's it's a genre film. It's not very good, but I got more than a few chuckles from it because I'm I, a big I, fan. Of movies. I might check out because I'm the same as you. Um, yeah, I saw them at a far too young an age that um, they did actually creep me out when I was a kid. But I, I've a soft spot in my, my you, heart. You're, now. you're a manly man now, and you understand. I think I saw them as like eight. Or, I think I saw them as like eight or nine. So they are pretty fucking creepy. Yeah, because I've got those teeth and stuff. It was uh, screaming to yeah. you like it was was the ghoulies, not not the critters. The ghoulies was the ripoff. Remember the kind of. I think, I think it was the critters, but it was the faceless guys who came down as the bounty hunters. The other one, yeah. they freaked yeah. me out a little bit when I was a kid. Yeah. They really got me. Plus, you'd have got to see boobies as well when you were. A I kid. did see boobies and critters. Yeah, that's that was exciting. That made all the scary bits worth it. Let's watch some TV, and we've been watching. We watch. We both watch quite a lot. So, mm. I'm going to very quickly mention True Detective season four that's on this now. I've watched the first two episodes. Jodie Foster, so far excellent. Very much enjoying it, loving the mystery in it. She's brilliant in it. It's it's everything you want from a true detective. Kind of, it's a proper drama. Um, and I'll mention it in our show later on. I'm enjoying the episodic nature of it. I'm 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 looking forward to the next episode. It's nice like, I'm not, in, I can't binge it, so it's something to yeah. look forward to um, week on week. So, thanks it's up to episode episode three drops on Monday. So um, yeah. I'll be watching that one. But yeah, it, hopefully they land it. Um, but. The jerk, it's setting it's setting like a town in Alaska that goes into darkness for like two oh, months. Right, so thirty days in night style. Yeah, so it, but oh, I mean, yes. it's a supernatural bent to it as well, kind of feels like, and it's it's very odd, but no, very much digging it, very much loving it, um, and I will uh, very much engaging with it. My good lady's pretty much echoing your sentiment. She said some odd as well because she's watching it too, and yeah, she's yeah. been kind of saying. Some more things, so yeah, I don't. I've not watched that. I'm not. I've kind of never seen any of them, so I'm not going to. The good thing is that they're all independent. You don't have to see the other ones to watch this one. It's yeah. I've, only, I've only seen season one and I part of season two. I didn't even watch season three, so 
they're all they're anthology based. Um, all right, so you there's a few things that I think if you know what you're looking for, it ties into somewhere, like something, yeah. but they, you can watch them always independent mysteries and not have to sort of be aware of what's happening elsewhere. So that's very good. Also, one that um, you've not seen, which is on Apple Plus, it dropped today. And um, as I had a day off, I watched the first two episodes of it. Um, again, it'll be episodic now. So it's the first two dropped today and then the rest of the following week on week, and that's Masters of the Air, the new Spielberg Hanks World War Two one. Yeah. And this is all about the basically the, the B... I must say B-52 bombers. B-52, the Flying Fortress, yeah. Flying, oh, yeah. The Flying Fortress is such a cool fucking plane. Can you see it? It's such a badass-looking plane. Yeah. Um, and I, one of my favourite films is Memphis Bell. Mm, I love Memphis film. Bell. Um, so I very much like that whole vibe. Um, this is obviously on the back of like Band of Brothers and Pacific... It's it's fine. It's it's very much a, a show made for your dad kind of where it's like isn't war hell but aren't we all having so much fun in it type thing? It's a wee bit okay, that kind of right. it. Okay. You know, yeah. it's like it's a jolly old laugh for all the boys to go and do the right thing. Which I, I, it's all you know, sort of um like your your average guy doing like amazing things. They're obviously they're, they're not they're not a standing army or a standing air force. Yeah. You know, it's all people who are basically, you know, conscripted and stuff like that to do it. Um but because it's Spielberg and Hanks doing it, you're always going to have that comparison with Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers, yeah. And Band yeah. of Brothers is so good that it's like yeah. it's hard to reach even close to that. Band of Brothers is just something special, though. That was like, you know, that, that's head and shoulders above pretty much anything that, of that yeah. genre. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, that's like a good cast. You've got like um, the boy who plays Elvis, whose name I can't remember, Austin Butler. Mm-hmm. You've got um, Barry Keown as well in it. He's in it. Oh, nice. You've got a couple of, and you get a guy from the film Boys in the Boat, which I'll talk about next week. Um, he's in it as well, so it's got a decent cast, and it's all filled with people who really go, are they good actors and good character yeah. actors? And so yeah, everything about it is nothing in any way bad about it. Like I'm not saying that anything about it is bad. It's very watchable, very solid. But just when you have that Band of Brother logo attached, yeah. not attached to it, but sort of when you advertise it on the back of that, yeah, yeah. like you, you're wanting something more. But everyone that, that's going to be watching this, they are going to be going in with that mindset of Band of Brothers. That's what's going to pull yeah. them to it. So it is a natural comparison to make. But yeah, I think Band of Brothers is just, I think that was something special that's just never going to happen again. I yeah. mean, it was just like, well, yeah. just. Yeah. So brilliant, yeah. Um, so that's <coughs> the two I've watched that you've not watched. So let's talk about a couple of things we've both finished, Carlson. Now, so based on a true story. Um, yes, you finished it. Sky. It's on Sky and Now TV and everything, the, the Kaylee Coco one, where essentially it's taken a bit of a piss of like a um, murder podcast where yeah. uh, a couple figure out who a killer is who's terrorising the town and they decide not to hand them in on the basis that they make a podcast with them in order to basically to make money off the podcast. Essentially, that's sort of their, their main plan. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah, much, they're, in, yeah. they're in dire straits and they need yeah. money and that's their idea, yeah. I think, it's like, I think it's like eight episodes. The first one's like 45 minutes to get you into the world, and the rest are all about 25 minutes at most, I think. Yeah. Um, I dug it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's very it's good silly. It, yeah. yeah. It, it, everything moves along at such a pace um, that surprised me. Surprisingly filthy at times. It gets a bit filthy, especially for yeah. pregnant Kaylee, because um, she's, she's you know, real life pregnant during it, and some of it's like, oh, that, oh, oh, right. oh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that, that, that took me by surprise. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's just one of those ones you can very quickly... I've enjoyed my True Detectives and Masters of the Year because it's like episodic and I've got to wait week on week for them now. Based on a true story, is that's the kind of thing that's built for a binge. Yeah, absolutely. You can finish that in the space of like, what? Two a nights. Day? You could do, I, you could do it, it, but two nights would be 
comfortable easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's fun. I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, it. I'm, I'm intrigued on what season two will add if it can capture that same energy. But no, yeah. mostly I enjoyed it. I like I like um the boy that plays the the serial killer in it. I've not seen him in much. I like him a lot. I think he's really he's good. He's got a lot a lot of charisma. Like he's, he's a big handsome fucking chiseled guy as well. Do you know what I mean? But and, he has a he has a certain amount of like menace to him as well. Yeah, it's a wee look he's got. You just kind of see it and you're like, oh fuck, you're creepy. But I think he's really good at it. And yeah, Kaylee's just in Kaylee mode. You know, she she's found her thing and it works really well for her. Do you know what I mean? And she's just manic and frantic and the eye rolling and all that. Do you know what I mean? So she she seems to be having a wheel of time. But yeah, I, I same as you, I really enjoyed it. It was just a quick, easy watch. Just sit down with your dinner, smash off an episode, you know, and then back to whatever else you're doing. Yeah. Uh, she's got a movie out on Amazon Prime now. It's basically True Lies. Um, yeah. with her as a super, super spy um, which might add might, might, <coughs> I might try and watch this we can talk about it next week but yeah um, yeah, very much a disposable kind of watch but a fun disposable watch definitely don't just very quickly I, I think we mentioned it before the comparisons to only murders in the building not fair I don't I don't get it at all they just I think they're different kind of shows I think yeah, this is a lot yeah. less clever than murders in the building yeah, but it's, it is like a podcast where it's almost a disposable podcast, and it's, and it's riffing on that idea of like, yeah, you know. The, it, but I do also get the idea of like it's a film, it's a TV show about a podcast, so it's like, yeah. you know, what other show is out there on a podcast? Mothers in the Building. And if you're trying to pitch this show to people, like, why would you watch it? It's like, well, if you like Mothers in the Building, this would be up your street as well. Which I, to- I do totally get. I understand it. It's, it. You know, it's like it does make sense. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, the show we both finished causing was Marvel's new Spotlight um, series. Yeah, um, yeah. The first out the, the door for them, and it's a one called Echo, um, which is basically a story of uh, basically Kingpin's adopted daughter seeking revenge on the Kingpin for killing her father. That is essentially the story, mm. Mm. Um, and try and try to take over his empire. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to be kind to this. Like it's not bad. Cause I watched it in one day. Like I literally watched it in the space of a day. I watched two in the morning, one in the afternoon, and finished off two at night. Yeah, because it, there's not a lot there. So I mean, it is quite no. easy to to tear through. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all very fine. Like I enjoyed some elements to it. Like I really enjoyed how they used ASL in it. I thought it was really clever. Mm. Like the sign language stuff was really good yeah, in it. Yeah. Um, but I never really got down to the root of like what made Echo special it felt like it just sort of like every now and again they just threw in some like unfortunately some mystical Indian mumbo jumbo yeah and that was sort of their excuse for this is how she can do it it's like, that didn't really make a lot of sense all the yeah. way through it it yeah. seems like there should have been more episodes in there it seems like there's, yeah. there's, there's too many leaps where you're like but where's yeah. you know why what's the backdrop for this and it just kind of yeah. moves and you're like but there's no backdrop and I don't know mm-hmm. if because five seems like a, it's a kind of weird number. I know, it's a very odd number. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I don't know if there was more or, or less. Or... Well, again, I would mention the same problem with Aquaman. If you looked at the end of every episode of that, there's at least five or six writers on each episode. So it does mm-hmm. feel a little bit disjointed in the fact that they're trying to like sort of pull something together when maybe they had something in the... Yeah, too, too, many, too many kind of cooks. Aye. So to speak. Um... What did so I know you you'd read the Echo comic run and you said you were a massive fan. So yeah. it seems to me like that they've kind of ignored this character's kind of core powers and stuff like that yeah, and just went. That, that yeah, when, when, so like the idea of what Echo can do was, was sort of missing. So I, I, 
it, what they did with the character made sense within that character, but it did feel like, well, you've changed the character completely from what it's what it is in the show, and it's really Echo by name only. Yeah. Um, but I liked her in the role. She was good in the role. She, um, I, I really enjoyed her a lot, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, all the cast were good. There wasn't any bad casting in it. It was just, no. I, I just, the problem is, is I, I know you like the Echo, I just didn't care about the character. I have fucking zero <laughs> investment in this character. I'm like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a yeah. problem, I think. Yeah. She feels very much like like a supporting character, and I don't think she had enough supporting role in the Daredevil show to, oh sorry, the Hawkeye show. Sorry, Hawkeye to show, justify, yeah, yeah. To justify a series, you yeah. know, it's like some of the things where I, if you like, I think they can have on the Echo. Well, in the bot, they basically set up Daredevil born again in the at the end of this. Yeah. Um, I feel like almost you should be involved in that series first to try to bring the character into, more into development. And allow her to breathe that way, and then bring some show because basically we had about like two episodes of a show, yeah. if that two and a half. And, yeah. she and she's only in like a small role in those, and it's not like she's a major character in those ro- uh, roles. Did enjoy again D'Onofrio as Kingpin. He has got the look and the stature of Kingpin, which I really like. He goes um, for it. He just he goes as well. D'Onofrio's he's got that Nicholas Cage, you know, where you get all or nothing. There's no there's there's no half measures with D'Onofrio. No, I mean, not. And he, he yeah. does embody sort of a certain version of the kingpin like, yeah, so yeah he has that look about him which I'm, I'm actually a big fan of and i like the way he plays the role um i really enjoyed graham green in it as well i thought he was really Who funny graham green he's like the older the, the the grandfather yes who runs yeah. the electronic shop yeah he he was really funny in it he he was yeah. he was good in it i liked him a lot he was having um, fun he was enjoying it and he was he was sort of enjoying the, the silliness of being in a marvel thing so i dug yeah. that part of it i enjoyed the wee daredevil cameo on it not enough of it but enjoyed what you had Tiny wee bit, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was it was all just kind of fine, but not really that interesting. Like I'm not going to yeah. rush to watch it again. I would rush to tell somebody else to watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Aye, if you don't see it, I don't think it's going to impact in the, the kind of continuity of your Marvel fucking knowledge. You know what I mean, it's like a big big deal. Um, yeah, it just I it just kind of kind of bland and uninteresting. Is yeah, I. That's kind of just a bit bland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I scored it a five out of ten. Um, I think I gave it a six. Mainly no, the people in it, the people in it, I found entertaining. Yeah, um, yeah. But, oh, weird, weird choice to launch your new kind of spotlight kind of series. I mean, With weird, weird, weird. A very choice. underwhelming character. Yeah, yeah. Odds. Um, I think I, you know, the, Marvel's got the, they've got fucking characters they can pull out. You know what I mean? It's definitely got more. To offer, more interesting, yeah. Yeah, maybe somewhere down the line it's all going to fucking, you know, tie Idea in. It'll like yeah. be like mind blowing, you know, that like, fuck, you know, that makes sense now. Um, possibly, possibly. Or Marvel's on the fucking decline and <laughs> they're fucked. One of the two, I guess. More likely. Um, <laughs> but that's something I've watched on TV because I know you've been, have you been watching a Mark and Mindy box set? No, no, not yet. We've, we've kind of drifted away from DVDs. We need to finish off Northern Exposure. Um, the only other thing I've watched on TV um, is me and Lorraine have been watching. You recommended it to me way before Christmas, um, Fall of the House of Usher. Yes. Um, so that's as um, the, the, the Mickey Flanagan kind of show on the yeah. house. Um, um, so we've jumped onto that just now. Um, we're about three quarters way through it. And um, I'm kind of, you've seen it all, haven't you? You've finished it. Yes. Um, kind of enjoying it and I tried to explain this to Lorraine but she didn't get it because she doesn't really know Edgar Allan Poe but sometimes it seems almost like there's a raven like, almost like they're mugging do you know what I mean like you know like, it's, you, do, you it's don't very, need to be so fucking obvious in that respect it is yeah. 
Someone yeah. described it as, as like a horror version of Succession. You know, you know it's, almost it's, a camp version of that. It's very much in that vibe. Yeah, you know? but it's like... like everything's, everything's very over the top. Everything's very flamboyant in, yeah. in many ways, you know. Um, but there was one bit where there's, there's, there's a murder in the morgue. You mean the Rue morgue? And I'm like, fuck off. I, do, do you know what I mean? I, get like, it. I do get that. It's yeah. it hitting you over the head with a stick. Yeah. But personally, I think the writing on this generally is better than any of Flanagan's other shows. I think, that, oh no, apart from Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is incredible. But this, I think the, the writing elevates this, say, beyond... Um, do you think this is better than Haunting Hill House, yeah? Yes, I think so. Oh, well, oh, no, I'm, I'm not, no, not you there. It's, no, I'm enjoying it, but yeah, that's, I mean, but again, when I said it to Lorraine, she's like, well, I don't know, Edgar Allan Poe, so, I mean, it doesn't, she's not getting it, whereas with me, I'm like, fucking, you know, stop being so fucking obvious, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, fucking hell. Um, but no, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, and it's it's we, fun. We, it's, it's very silly. Yeah. Um, the, the cast is all great. Bruce Greenwood's amazing. Um, Henry Thomas is is fucking phenomenal as well. Oh, so, I mean, yes, so, you'll see he had a oh he's a horrible character towards the end. Um, but yeah, he, he's having a lot of fun. Um, Hamill having a great time as well. Hamill, yeah, dude, doing his Joker voice almost. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of going for yeah. He's 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 quite quite good in it as well. But yeah, the the cast is good. It's it's just that that heavy handedness that they feel that they need to kind of push home. It's poor. And it's like you know. We, we, kind of know that, but I guess Lorraine proved otherwise we don't know that, so yeah, I get why uh, um, um, two more episodes to go, three more so by next week sir, I shall give you an out of ten on it. Um, well Carl, that's first, let's go into some movies we've been watching, some have actually only just come out of um, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk to them we'll start, start off the holdovers, Colsey um, okay. literally just come out of I saw it um, last week as well or this week, sorry um, this is directed by Alexander Payne who directed Rushmore um, which is sort of breakthrough. Also, on Sideways, which I watched, rewatched recently, it was excellent. He did Nebraska, which I think we both went and saw together. And he did, I think, the, one of the worst third acts in movie history in recent years, which was Downsizing, and the Matt Damon one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> it's an almost unforgivable third act in that film. Yeah, yeah, strange, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, maybe it's something. I just had to get it out of the way. Yes. Um, so the whole of this is um, basically it's, it's set in a, a private, like sort of boarding school, um, high school, um, in 1972, and all the kids are going home for the, the Christmas break, apart from the kids whose parents say they can't bring them home, they can't make it. Starts out with about five or six of them, and eventually it rolls down to just one of them, and it's basically this one kid, the, the suddenly teacher who's been told to stay behind um, yeah. with the kids, and the chef or the, the cook. Who um, is left there as well, um, and, and she's sort of like she's suffering from sort of trauma because her son has been killed in Vietnam. Yeah. The um, yeah. teacher is a suddenly very grumpy man, and the yeah. kids are <coughs> a bit of a spoiled brat essentially. Yeah, yeah, with, with his own issues. Yeah, so it's like kind of free, kind of you know broken people, very desperate people. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. You've got Paul Giamatti, um, he's been Oscar nominated for the role. You've got Divine Joy Randolph, who's always been nominated for the role. She's a detective and... and yeah, young mothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dominic Sessa plays the young boy. Um, and Carrie Preston has a role in it. She plays sort of like a kind of weird, kind of almost love interest friend who, who pops up in it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen this, call? What do you think of it? Um, I was I was quite smitten by it. Um, yeah. It, it's, you know, it's an it's a slow 
exploration, I guess, or like kind of grief and coping and, and you know refusing to kind of bow down and break as well. Um, it, it's got a kind, it's got its own leisurely pace, but it doesn't feel slow. You know, it, it, it moves slowly, but it doesn't feel like <laughs> you're watching a slow film. You never feel bored or antsy or looking at you. Know, you're engaged in it the full time. Um, and I was going to say Paul Giamatti um, steals the show and he, he's amazing, but he, he doesn't because Divine is amazing in it as well. Oh, Underdeveloped. Under he absolutely steals it. Underdeveloped. And I believe, I believe this is the boy's debut film. He was fucking outstanding as well. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it, I think it's it's just it's it's a masterclass from Giamatti though. It's just like yeah. wow, you know, he's he's a man that just fucking just creates this this fully fucking realized, fleshed out human being that you know you just buy into from almost the first scene. You know, you're like boom, mm-hmm. I'm with you that this is you know he is that character. Um, yeah, just uh, well, um, I got a, a a lot from it. I get the hype. I get it. Um, yeah. I think it deserves, at the very least, nominations for Oscars and stuff like that. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully more. Um, Divine, I did think had that her character wasn't fully realised. It was an amazing character, and she gave it much more life than I thought the writing attributed to. It, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the kind of support and cast round about where, where everyone just, you know, kind of done their job, but it does focus on these three characters there, the kind of, you know, they're, they're the, the bread and butter for it. Um, so yeah, what, it lives up to the hype because it's getting a lot of hype and I yeah. can see why. I, I, I get it, I get it. Um, over to you, sir. What do you think? <laughs> I, I thought it was excellent. First, I would say it's like, it's so bizarre that you released in January because it's 100% a Christmas movie and it feels yeah. like a Christmas film. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, it's yeah. got almost the same vibe as wonderful life to me definitely yeah 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 wonderful life's a very bleak sad film that only gets happy in the final what like fucking five minutes of that that film yeah the the dying seconds is when it fucking you know becomes uplifting yeah yeah Yeah. this is kind of the same it's quite a quite a sad film for the most part but it's um it it actually regains itself in the sort of, not in the finale, because it's still quite a sad finale towards the end, but it's got a kind of um, a hopefulness towards the end. Yeah, there's definitely a you know, Christmas in that respect. Yeah, there's definitely a <laughs> of, you know, they're going to make it towards the end, which yeah. I think you needed. Um, you know, I think that's the only way it could have went. Um, thankfully. Uh, it's <laughs> Also very funny, but it's not trying to be funny. There's just there's just a yeah. comedy situation that I thought was, was really good. Um I thought G Matty was fantastic. Um he's he's like he's, he's so believable as that character, but also he has the geomattiness in him as well, just little yeah. moments. Yeah. And I like how this is part of the writing as well, where like nothing's really explicitly said. There's a couple more things that explicitly said involving the boy's dad eventually and about the uh, the, the, the cook's son. Mm. But other than that, it's, everything just sort of unfolds quite naturally. You sort of just see little yeah. snippets of who people are. Like, no one's no one's telling lies, but no one's telling the truth either. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, you know, it's just these are the characters that let's, you know, let's go on a wee journey with them. Yeah, that, that's it. Uh-huh. You know, there's no fucking massive backstories and, you know, it, it's not a complicated film. 
which is nice. Uh, you know, it's just it's a very straightforward film. Um, but just I think the way they've paced it, just it just fucking moves you along with it. Just that this just beautiful pace. I mean, where you just you're hooked into it, you're just sucked in slowly, slowly, then just off you go with it. Yeah. And spend, it's like spending time with these people, which I yeah. think is a big part of any film. You can spend time with people you want to spend time with. And yeah. they're not inherently good people, all of them. Well, I think Divine Randolph and um, the, the cooks, kind of, she is, I think, at heart, a good person. But I don't know if Jumati's a good person at heart. He had, yeah. a, he had a redeeming arc in it, but I don't know if he's a good person overall. Um, yeah, yeah. And the boy, you don't know. Like... You understand why he is the way he is, but also well, does that excuse him being the way he is being, at times? Yeah, being a being a brat. Um, yeah, uh-huh. totally, totally, totally. But um, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was actually quite a busy cinema as well, which I was really. It was nice. one of the smaller screens, but it was like kind of half full, and you know this is like kind of four o'clock on a Friday, um, so that's a good sign I as well. Again, Oscar buzz brings people to the cinema. That will keep people will go along to see films that have got that wee Oscar buzz yeah. about them, you know, uh, because it's like it's getting more press, it's getting it's in the papers, it's in wherever it has to be. Um, and I'll definitely say a, a, a solid return to form for Alexander Payne, who, like I said, I can't tell you how disappointed I was when I saw downsizing. I thought it was just an awful. It was a film that had a good yeah. premise and was ruined by a fucking horrendous ending. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, it was. It was a, I think. And I think I liked it more then, but in reflection, the more you think about it, the more you dislike it. You get to the point where you're like, that wasn't a good film. I think it takes time to realise that it wasn't a good film. Um, I remember being legitimately angry when I saw that film. <laughs> really? No, I think I thought it was all right. And just on reflection, yeah, over time, I've kind of, I'm like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a very good film at all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but def- definitely turned it forward. And, yeah, did, more a companion piece to like Nebraska or Sideways. In comparison yeah. to um, anything else, definitely in, in that kind of part of part of his universe. But all all the love it's getting for kind of Oscars and nominations and all that, I think they're all fully fully deserved. Um, and do you manage to get a real shot at the? I the think so. Well? What what a performance! It's just it's amazing that the performance he gives. You know, he, he, he's just fucking. He is that character just mm. entirely. Do you know what I mean just like, all in? Um, and I think to create a character like that I guess it, it takes some kind of talent do you know what I mean on its own yeah. just to, to create and, and you know fucking make people buy into that character um, yeah a really bright film for me uh-huh. I'm going to give it um, out of 10 I'm going to give it a, a high 8.5 so I've scored that a 9 on IMDB so I'm going to go 9 out of 10 on this one I'm also the same 9 out of 10 on that one as well yeah I absolutely loved it yeah, yeah. Um, on from that one calls the one that you've not seen that you said you wouldn't want to see which is Night Swim um, yes. Bryce McGuire. It's a debut, his debut film or her debut film, sorry, um, based on a short movie, a short film they done. Um, plot of this one very simply is there's a haunted swimming pool. Um, family <laughs> went to the house. Uh, swimming pool is haunted by a demon that gives you what you want, but also wants to take something from you as well. So that's that's essentially the plot of the film. Very good cast. You got White Russell. Um, you got like Terry Condon. Um, mm. You got young kid called Amelie Hopefully and Gavin Warren played the two kids. You weren't pleased by this one. You said it, it, it didn't look up your street. Um, this is not the horror you like. This is a very ungory horror. It's, it's yeah. very much about that creeping dread. You know, yeah. it's more in line with things like It Follows and The Babadook and things like that, where it's it's not as good as any, either of them, 
but yeah. it's, got, it's more about that rather than about you know let's just slash some throats blood and, and guts and yeah, yeah, blood yeah. and guts kind of thing. I think uh, just the notion of a haunted swimming pool, just the ridiculousness I mean, of that on its own. I'm just like, no, I, I can get haunted cars. I'm behind Christine. I'm behind that. But see, I think is it any stupid than a haunted car or like a haunted hotel room or you know a, a haunted cemetery or you know a haunted farmhouse or you know is it any dumber than that? And the answer is no. It's not any dumber than that, to be honest. But it it just seems ridiculous. It's a fucking swimming pool. It's just insane. Um, bonkers. Yeah. Ben, they talk to me this year. It's a haunted hand. You know, it's like it's a demonic hand. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, everything. You know, it's 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 a solid. I thought it was, I thought it was a very solid horror. Like, like creeps without resorting to gore. Um, I'm very quick on this because it's not much to it to be honest. It's quite a short mm. film. Russell and Condon. They were I thought they were they elevated the material to a great degree. Like you know they. they if you put good actors in a silly premise, they can rise it above yeah. what a horror should be, you know, because that's what I've always thought set some of the, like, the um, when you see, like, uh, oh, what's her name? Aussie actress, whose name I'm forgetting now. She's in her Oh, um, I know, yeah, I know who you mean, yeah. Tony Clay. Yeah, Tony People Clay, like that, yeah. or even like Florence Pugh and things like that, when they, they turn up in a horror, you go like, that's elevating, because like they're elevating the material above what it really yeah. should be. You know, even something like Haunted on Hill House, you put really good actors in something like that, it's, it raises it above the the, the mediocre, and I think that's, yeah. that's helped this one. It's two very good actors. Um, the third act does flounder a little bit. It just kind of, it, it kind of just about delivers, but it gets a little bit kind of too, we'll just cut very quickly, and we'll just throw a kind of demon thing in there that'll make it look kind of scary. But it doesn't really explain a lot towards the end. But right, okay. I thought it was it, it, it's directors who it's a very solid debut. It shows you they, they have got some prem, some sort of idea of how to build tension and, and put a tone into a film and make it quite creepy. <coughs> Even though, like you said, it's the idea of a is kind of dumb. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't love it, but I didn't think it was as bad as some of the reviews have been. I, I would give it a very solid six out of ten. I take it the runtime is the same, Grace, because it's you know it's, Aye, it's, I think it, it knows what it is. It, it can't overstate its fucking welcome. You no. know, it's. Yeah. I think you're barely touching 100 minutes. I think it's, yeah. it's barely that. So, yeah, it moves along at a decent pace. Okay. Um, very quickly on to one that's on Netflix just now, and that is one called The Kitchen, um, directed by Kibwe Tavares and Daniel Kalua. It's their debut feature. Um, the plot of this one is set in sort of the near future in London, where basically London's been taken over. It's sort of it's all the rich and the hoi polloi living it now, but there's one sort of major tower block complex that's still social housing, and, and, you know, it's where all the the riffraff live, essentially. The government wants them out, and is, is wanting to try to move on to somewhere else. There's a, act, there's a character in it who essentially is wanting to move out, but he sort of cut himself off from the whole of the other society and just wants to just get out. Um, yeah. Something happens where he starts to make friends with a young boy who may or not be his son from a previous relationship they didn't know about, and it's just sort of the bond of them get to know each other and understand who each other are and also the, the sort of background of the government trying to get people out of the tower block and, and sort of so they can raise it to the ground and make it something their own. So it's... Social, um, social commentary, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, in the film you've got uh, Kano, who's a, apparently a rapper um, man, and he is the sort of main role. Uh, Jediah Bannerman plays a young boy. Amazing, you've got Ian Wright in this film, ex-football player Ian Wright. Okay. Um, um, and also um, Hope Ikapo, um Jar as well. So it's a very solid thriller. It's Think Children of Men cross with Do the Right Thing. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Like Ian Wright so, is essentially playing the Sam Jackson role from Do the Right Thing. He's like on the radio talking all the time and sort of like he's a sort of the the local DJ, yeah. the the Warriors voice on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's, that's what Ian Wright is. I mean, it's actually surprisingly. He's like the, inter- the, the interludes almost, yeah. <coughs> yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, very strong performance from all the cast. Uh, it's got a really, it really builds a sort of a world where you can tell it's our world. You can tell it's the future, but it's not like flying cars and shit like that. It's just it's a it's subtle changes that make it feel believable. Yeah, you know. I think it's something like Children of Men done amazingly well, where it feels like it's a world that, yeah, that's what that's the future, but it's not so ridiculous. You go, well, I don't really recognise that world. You yeah, know, it's, it's like, I think when you're doing dystopian futures, you need futures that you can imagine. Do you know what I mean? You can mm. think, fuck, yeah, it wouldn't take much to get us to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could well, see you ended up there in 10 years' time, you know, that's not fucking beyond the realms of reality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, the whole subplot where the guy works in a place where basically if you die, they turn your body into soil to plant a tree in. Because obviously mm. the world's losing plant life and stuff like that, so that's sort of the idea behind. <coughs> like you don't get buried, you get like sort of turned into compost essentially. I'm doing with that, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it as well, but it's, just, it's sort of the idea has actually become like the sort of the norm that everyone's pushing for because it's like it helps the world at the end type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's good. That's good premise. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit long. Um, it's a, I think it's touching just over two hours, so I think it's a little bit drags its pace out. Yeah. And it's, unfortunately, it's, I think it's meant to be, but it's so fucking bleak. Like, yeah. there is not a, there's, there's not a laugh in it, let's just put it that way. It's, it's no joy at all. It doesn't paint a particularly joyful position of what <coughs> society is, where society is going, and what society could become, which I do get, and looking out the world just now, sometimes that's maybe how you see the world right now. Yeah. But I kind of want to be a bit more, and I didn't really see any hope. Even, like, Children Men has got a glimmer of hope. Not mm. a lot. But yeah. it's got <coughs> there's a glimmer there of like this is something that there is something there. Um, but for a debut feature um, from these two, it was it was very well done. It's like I said, world building was excellent. Visuals were good. It, it, the, shoot, like, the way it was shot was interesting. But yeah, just it needed maybe. I'm not saying every film has to end up a happy ending, but I need a little bit more, maybe a bit more story to 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 feel a bit more hope. And it, yeah, you know, yeah. Between the father and son. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. It's 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 not nice when you come away from a film totally drained. It, it's not, you yeah. know. And, and I know, I know that it's, it's not fucking the director's ability to cheer us up, you know. I mean, and fucking mm. give us a fucking bassy and a hope in a movie, but no, definitely, I get what you mean. You know, sometimes you just need just something, you know, like today's just the fucking slightest, you know. Fred just to pull on and think he'll be okay. Yeah, shoots the recovery. I give it a six and a half out of ten. It's one that I do fancy, so I'll try and catch that for, for a, a catch-up. It's week. on Netflix. Worth a wee look if you get a chance to it. Um, yep. And we'll very quickly move on to the last couple of films, Colsey. So, one that I'll talk about you've not seen again. I saw this today. Oddly, I saw both films today in the same screen while sitting in the same seat. Oh, I've done that <laughs> before. It's very... You have it's, to move. Yeah, I kind of feel, you kind of feel like not special, but can I get this? Is, yeah, that one. This I think I'm a creature of habit, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so, the first one I saw today was a film called One Life, um, which is directed by James Hawes, who did a film called Enid um, many years ago, uh, sort of Enid Blighton. Also, he directed a bunch of episodes on that Slow Horses TV show that's okay. on Apple Plus right now, so that's his big thing. Um, this is the plot, it's basically the story that I kind of knew of a guy who's back in the 1938. Um, 
was a bunch of, Germany invaded the Czechoslovakia, the student land, um, and he went across to Czechoslovakia to help get refugee children out of Czechoslovakia um, and bring them to Britain in order to put them up with foster families so they could be safe and obviously not be in squalor, essentially, yeah. in a war-torn Czechoslovakia. Um, it sort of it tells two, two stories of like it shows you that happening, but um, alongside that it shows like sort of the present day of it. It's nineteen eighty nine, I think it is, of like the older version of him sort of like kind of dealing with what happened. You know, in any sort of a character who's like traumatized by the guilt of what you couldn't save. Maybe you know like the sadness of, of what he left. Yeah, off, you know, yeah. He might have saved this amount, but he's, he, he, in his mind he's left. This behind, uh, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. So it's a two kind of two stories kind of next to each other. And <coughs> Anthony Hopkins playing the older version of the gentleman. You've got um, Johnny Flynn playing the younger Anthony Hopkins. You've got Helen Bonham Carter playing Johnny Flynn's mum. You know, um, and you've got Alex Sharp in it as well. And you've got Jonathan Price um, popping up in a week in a nice cameo as well. Um, good cast, good cast. Yeah, this is. It's very much kind of bank holiday BBC level drama, if that makes sense. You know, it's not in a yeah. bad way. It, just, it yeah. feels quite slight that way, and it doesn't stretch to be anything other than that. It, it it's feels. Not, I guess the comparison you're always going to get with this, you know where I'm going, the Schindler, isn't it? That's because it's it, like the, Brit, the British Schindler almost. Like the British Schindler, but it, it's yeah. definitely not on that level of this. this yeah. film. It's just not on that. Yeah. A for budgetary reasons, um, and. The story is difficult because, for the most part, he's back in Britain doing sort of the paperwork to bring the to bring the kids across, and then as soon as Britain goes to war with Germany in 1939, he, they can't do anything else. So it's like it stops the 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 war story stops at that point, and all you've got then after that is the the story of like the the Anthony Hopkins older version story. Yeah. Um, the actors are all doing very well, but it's kind of a I'm not going to say a, a mundane script, but it does feel a bit. It's effective, but but like by the numbers, effective. You know, like yeah. almost. You know, it's hitting all the beats. So they are bringing more life to it because, like, it's Anthony Hopkins for fuck's sake. You know, he's man. You know, he's one of the best of the best. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's he's bringing he's bringing a lot of sadness to the to the role as well of this guy who is clearly suffering. Um, and the thing about it is, is like, it's building to a moment. That if you don't know the moment, it is very effective. But if you do, we've spoke about this like a couple of weeks ago, so we both know what the moment what is. What the moment yeah. is. So you're, yeah. you're kind of working, so when it happens, you're not surprised. It's still emotional because it's still like it's a. If you see the, the actual live moment of it happening, it is a very emotional and very touching like yeah. moment of television. But when you know what's happening in the film, it's sort of like, well, I know what's coming. A little yeah. bit, and it did still get me a little bit because, like, it made me yeah. think of the moment and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's building a, to a crescendo that you, you know is going to happen. So, that I think takes a little bit of the drama away from it a little bit in yeah. a weird way. No, also, like, the, the balance between the two is sort of it's lost in the final third. The final third just basically becomes about the Anthony Hopkins story, there's nothing of the old, but then the old story can only go so far because once basically Britain goes to war with Germany. That's it. There's there's nothing yeah. you can do at that point. So yeah, it's, you're done. It's, yeah. You're done. Um, direction all fine again, but nothing spectacular. So it, it's definitely hampered by budget to an extent. You know, so like when you see Czechoslovakia, you essentially see like one room where the the refugee camp is, 
in one hour. It's like it's very much they've, they've had two sets to work within. That makes sense. You'll get know, yeah. a couple of sets, a house, and a TV show. It, it's definitely hamstrung by that budget. Um, but it's fine. It, it's going to have one of the, like I said, it's a bank holiday watch almost. You know, something you'd be watching on like a Sunday afternoon. Which seems like a real shame because it's it should have the same elevation as something like because it's important you know it's mm. you know and it, it fucking needs that big exposure that shindles this and stuff like that do you know what i mean it doesn't seem to have got which is a real shame um i think I'd, we kind of spoke about this before you'd seen it um did they use the actual footage or did no, they recreate they've it done the footage. They've, they've sort of like dramatized it again right okay cool 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 interesting yeah. again six out of ten Six. Again, a film that you know that's speaking about such important issues needs, needs to fucking have a bigger voice. You know, it, it yeah. needs to have a, the platform to fucking put it out there because this this shit matters. You know? yeah. Especially especially now, for fuck's sake. Especially now, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think we're going to see. I think we've got three quite um, mundane films sandwiched between one great film, The Holdover. Yeah. And we'll now go on to Poor Things, which <laughs> I'm literally just out of. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, directed by Yorgos uncom- <laughs> Lathamos, um, who is one of our favourites. He did the film called The Lobster, which I absolutely yeah. loved. Yep. Killing of Sacred Deer, which I was a little bit more down on, but still very much enjoyed. And he done The Favourite, which I absolutely loved. I think I saw that about five or six times at cinema. I absolutely, I did genuinely adore that film. This film is it's so fucking hard to explain, but essentially it's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're following the monster trying to learn about the world. Yeah, pr- pretty yeah. much. Um, the, mo- pr- the, the, the twist on this one is that the, the monster is, um, you know, Frankenstein has plucked this woman out of the river who was going to kill herself. And, you know, she was pregnant and basically put her baby's brain, baby's brain into her. In the body. Yeah. yeah, so in essence, you've got this fully grown woman with a fucking baby's brain, who's brain. learning, yeah. learn, who has to learn how to be be an adult. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that that that's it in a nutshell. It's more. That's great, a very but, basic plot, but there's a lot more yeah. to it than that. Yes. Um, Emma Stone playing the the, the woman, the, the, yeah. the um, Bella Baxter. Bella um, Baxter, yeah, yeah. You've got Mark Ruffalo playing a love interest of sorts. You've got Willem Dafoe, <laughs> who basically plays her. Well, she she calls him God, but basically her God, dad. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah, Franken- he's, um, he's he's Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah. He's Doctor yeah. Frankenstein. Yep. And you've got Rami Youssef, who plays another sort of um, love interest within the story yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's based on a Scottish book. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, it's like, which just like reading it and it's like Park Circus and stuff like that. And you're like, that's fucking bizarre. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think um, there was the full accent. On the uh, the actual writer, yeah, there was talk of I think um, Yorgos had met the writer and they took him oh. around Glasgow with, with a view to making it in Glasgow, but I think people got pissed off at it. But I think they'd actually kind of decided before the writer died that no, we're going to not do it in Glasgow. And he was cool with it, so people are. I think I can work, so, no, it should have been better. The writer and the family were very happy with the adaptation of, of yeah. what was here, so it's not a big deal. And from what you said, the Glasgow setting is not the important part of the story. Yeah, yeah, because he was Glaswegian, so he's going to write where he knows. But yeah, the story could be set anywhere. It's not going to lessen the fact of the story. Absolutely. I think the idea behind it was that Glasgow and, like, well, particularly Scotland in the 1800s was sort of a place where medical um, Mm. doctors were um, sort of trained to a high degree. And it was sort of of a hotbed of, like, sort of physicians and and sort of, like, medical practice at that point in time. Yeah. 
partly why we said it in Scotland. But yeah, I, I didn't know I didn't realize it was a Scottish book until I was reading up about it um today. Um I might have to try and find the book now to see what it's like. Apparently it's very different the book compared to the Yeah, the I think it's kinda of based in letters back and forth. Do you know what I mean it's it's all kind of weird mm. weirdly structured and stuff like yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was called this is utterly deranged um in a way that only Yorgos Lathamos I think can get away with. It is like completely insane. Never unwatchable. Like, like yeah. constantly compelled to be watching this. You cannot look away from it. Yeah. Uh, and it's both. I can understand why people would hate it to a certain degree. Yeah. I personally, I loved it. I thought it was fucking brilliant. In a world where we're all we're seeing is a lot of time is like bland sequels and like franchise shit and you know sort of very underwhelming movies. Some and something like this is just like it's like a shining light on the hill of like this is what a true artist and someone who's got a vision can do. Yeah, it's completely. You won't see anything else like it. It's so oh. his film. What that that's only it's only him that can do that. And yeah, yeah. There's we're saying like Frankenstein and stuff like that, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's not Frankenstein, but that's the kind of yeah. that's the kind of basic idea behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more. Um, it's got, like a, it's got a pig dog. Yeah, I've got, you've a, got pig a dog. You've, you've got a duck fox. You've, yeah, <laughs> you've fucking got, mental. So it is. Um, but it's just. His brain just works in like, like the way he uses the camera. You know, they, you know, some of it's in fucking black, black and, white, and white. Some of it's monochrome. And then it goes to color. And it's just the fisheye lens. I mean, lens he's, the, again, yes. he, he's just got that this obscure brain that just you know thinks ways that you, you don't see coming. You don't understand until you see it, and then you're like, wow, that's amazing. You know, just such a good color. eye felt nearly a bit like it's almost like a steampunk version of Wes Anderson. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that a little bit, but also not that at the same time, but it has that kind of almost the same yeah. unrealist, like unrealistic reality to it. Yeah, definitely. You, 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 <laughs> yeah, that, this this is how London would be if, you know, we never fucking caught caught the electricity when we did and stuff like that. You, you get yeah. it. You're just like, yeah, I understand completely. Um, it's bonkers. Um, performances, um, that, that's... Wow. No, before we go into the main performances, is, is it quite amazing that in a film like this, Willem Dafoe is not the most deranged character in it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty much going for it as well. You know, he's not he's not holding back. You know, he's no. he's giving you Dafoe, and yeah, he's he's definitely not he's the fucking wackiest thing. Absolutely. Emma Stone first. I thought she was amazing. Fearless. What a fearless. Yeah. Brave, brave. I mean. There's a lot of nudity and sex and stuff like that, and I, and I think she's she she's got to have understood this character to to put herself out there to do that, you know, because it must have been uncomfortable, you know. But you know, to, some to, stuff in this you feel like you know the bit with the apple was exceptionally mm. weird. Um, the even the dancing scenes are sort of so yeah. unhindered, and even just the, the way she walks and the way she talks. Uh, yeah, it, everything. It, yeah, it's yeah. Such, it's so it's such a fine line between like almost comedy parody and actually feeling like this is a real complex person because yeah. she brings that out in the characters from the word go it, it never feels like it's someone taking the piss it feels like it, it feels like a fully realised and she knows that she's taking it and from the moment you see her because there's no build up to seeing her she just, you just she's, yeah, in. yeah there you she's go yeah, yeah yeah there's no big reveal you know it's like she, she's here I think um, I, I'd read um, 
I think the director was quite concerned about a lot of the sex scenes and stuff like that. I can't understand know, why. He, he, he asked her about them. But I think her response was, well, you know, is, is, well, you know what would Bella do? Which, is, oh. you know, is just such a good way to approach it. Um, you know, because it can be seen as voyeuristic, but it's not. You know, it's an explanation of fucking, you know, a woman's right to determine what happens with her kind of body and her life. Um, and just, you know, for her to be that brave, to, to fucking do that and just think, you know, for, for this character, this is what, you know, what would my character, not, you know, fucking where they are, feel I want this, mm. the character, it's just amazing. Um, just Nothing about it felt particularly voyeuristic to me. It, it all very much felt like, yeah, it felt believable and it felt real and it didn't feel, it almost, it did always feel, for the most part, it was her choice. Like, not, yeah, not, not, absolutely, story, yeah. the, the character's taking advantage of other people as much as, mm-hmm. They think oh, they're yeah. taking advantage of her. Yeah, definitely. That that's that that's good strong feminist message. You know, it's like you know, it's her fucking body. You know, like who are yeah. you? Do you know, let fucking you know she can do whatever she pleases. Um, and, and I would know, say after fucking shame this, and no validation needed at all. Yeah. yeah. After seeing this, I've now seen all five films where the leading actress for the Oscars has been nominated for now. Um, and I'm going to put it out there that Margot Robbie was not robbed or snubbed or patriarchy. I think the five best performances of the year have are their own merit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I've seen. Again, I don't not, think I've seen all the films. But, performance in that film. I think the yeah. five who are nominated are better performances. You know, making a film that, that you know pulls in a lot of money doesn't necessarily qualify, you know, as Oscar material. Um, no, not in a shitty way, but you know, it's. She is good in that. She might not be very good in Barbie, but I think the, these like these five films that were nominated for the best actress or who nominated for it are, are better performances mm-hmm. than her performance in that film. You know, I think so. Um, so Mr. Defoe, um, has, he's um, bonkers, and he's just he's yeah, bonkers he's a, at the best of times. And this seems like I mean, there's times I'm going, how much was this just Willem Defoe walking around his day to day? You know, I, I can imagine <laughs> Willem Defoe being like this. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like Jeff Goldblum. He put a camera on him for like half an hour and he'll do something fucking wacky and insane. Um, the makeup was really cool. I, I liked the, the aesthetic of yeah. him. I thought it was really badass. Yeah. And, yeah. His accent, so much, his Scottish accent. We're, we're Scots. I mean, we, we, we get it. So what did you think he's Scottish accent? I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was there was moments it, it slipped a lot. Yeah, def- yeah, there was a few times <laughs> you're like, oh, no, William. But overall, it wasn't. Wasn't too bad I at all. Yeah. I, I don't know where he was trying to be in Scotland, but um, I, I, yeah. I got it as a Scottish accent. Um, but there's so much weirdness with that character as well because like, there's stuff to explore, like the idea of like his dad experimenting on him, essentially. But it was always done in such a funny way. In nonchalant way, like the bit when he's like yeah. how he processes food, it's like that's just yeah. so bizarre. But it's throwaway. It's not even a major point in the film. Yeah, or you know, are you are you attracted to him? You know, just so what the fuck. <laughs> You know, I mean, just crazy stuff like just like it's so flipping and so funny the way he does it. You know, what I mean, but it yeah. shouldn't be, but it, but it is. You're like, okay, um, yeah, each wee story about you know how he the way he is. You're like, it's fucking yeah. mental, uh, brilliant. What about Mr. Ruffalo? I thought Ruffalo was this is probably the best Ruffalo performance I think of anything he's done. I think so. He, he, he just went for it heart and soul, didn't he? he was like, you know, what? I'm playing against type here. Fuck it, I'm I'm, I'm embracing this. I'm, I'm going to you know I'm going to own this role and well. You could see yeah. he had a lot, a lot of fun with it, I think. Yeah. yeah, he was he was unleashed and it was just to see him going like sort of full baddie to an extent almost you know, it was it was it oh, was yeah. great yeah. to see him. <laughs> I wasn't pre- I thought the the there's a character who comes comes in maybe the last ten minutes um of the film, which I thought could have been Colin Farrell. It was not Colin Farrell playing him, but I, I thought that could definitely have been Colin Farrell, you know, just because he's used Colin Farrell yeah. for a few times. Yeah. 
it's not as absurd as this, like the lobster, for example. I'm no. just constantly baffled. You're like, I, I don't understand the, 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 the fucking his brain. With this one, there was a definite, you know, it was quite the most linear. Is, is... When, the, when the premise is so crazy like this, you almost have to make it more accessible. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah you know, it could have went full, you know, on it, and you'd have just been, you'd have come out like, I don't, you know, I didn't get any of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that, that it's, I wasn't disappointed by it, but I kind of was in a way, do you know what I mean? Because I know how fucked up he is, do you know what I mean? So to get something that's not mainstream, but as mainstream as you'll get from him, I was a bit kind of like, oh, you know, then, that was. Um, Last year you had Bo was afraid was out and that's that was Ari Aster sort of like un- unfurling all of his brain on camera at the one time, mm. and it was it I think was just um, almost unwatchable at a certain point for, for most audiences. Yeah. It's, it's, again, all very brave, all amazing visuals, but there's just so much there's so much craziness and madness in there that you just almost can't engage with it in, in that way. Yeah, yeah. He's so think- laughing made the film. It is crazy. It is mad, but it is. It's it's it, it's not mainstream, but it's definitely enough mainstream that you will get an audience for it. Yeah, yeah, you, you can follow it, I think, is what it is, whereas with some of stuff, you do get kind of lost in the maze of fucking, you know, his twisted vision. Well, I think, I think Killing the Sacred Deer is that. That's one that's going to be too twisted that audiences just didn't yeah. follow off it after. Like, the lobster's low budget enough, doesn't really need a lot to, to sort of getting yeah. money back because he went a bit bigger with Kelsey Fudir and it feels a bit more loss of his brain a little bit so he like mm. sort of he went back to something more simple with the favourite the favourite's pretty yeah. simple as well it's, it's it's you know it's revenge and jealousy but it's and it's and it's a bit mad how they go about it but it's again pretty linear in terms of like yeah past. yeah yeah but no this is this is I think by far this is his most most linear but I think if you're not initiated to him and you'll still be all what the fuck, you know, because it, it it's just. But the fact that a duck pig walks in camera in the first two minutes of the film and it's never explained. Yeah, it's just. So, it's, you know yeah, what it is? It's, it's a doctor, you yeah. know, it's him doing experiments and that's what you bring bringing, but it's like, hmm. you know, do you want to go back to that? Do you want to do it? <laughs> no, they don't. Or, or like the crazy burping thing, you know, it's like dismissed uh, in a sentence, you know, like, oh, all right, right, okay. Right. I mean, it's just like fucking bonkers for them, but, but amazing. Um, just your eyes are just searching all the time you're looking at things and like I say it just does such interest and stuff with cameras and things like that that you know that everything is is just fresh do you know I mean you're just like wow it's yeah um i'm going to give it a solid nine out of ten simply because as i say i do think it's his most linear kind of work and i was expecting (laughs) to be a bit more yorgus than he gave me so nine out of ten for me i am going the full ten ten out of ten for me you're doing it Cool. Loved cool. It. I know. Absolutely I'm glad. I'm, I'm being pet. I'm being picky. I know it's, it's like such a itty bitty reason, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you went in. I'm glad. And I think I, I was definitely pulling for Lily Gladstone to win the Oscar for Kill the Flower Moon. I think she will still win it, but if Emma Stone picked up a second Oscar, I would think it was more deserving for this rather than La La Land. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's quite possibly the most fearless performance I've seen. Um, she's just fucking she is just all in with us all, there's, there's, you know she's just stripping away every element of who she is and just I'm this character now and it's fucking Absolutely. a tour de force performance so, what we're, doing is we're, we're sandwiched two great movies in between a bunch of 
middling average movies. We shit sandwich that well done. Sam- no, nothing in before was shit. Everything in before was just very average. Um, <laughs> next week out, well, sorry, next week out in cinema, we've got the Colour Purple musical. It's out in cinema this week. Oh, I've got reservations about this. I'm going to let you watch this one, so I'm going to, I'm going to hand yeah, this one straight over to you. You can do this. You've got All of Us Strangers, which looks wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks um, a, bit, a bit obscure, doesn't it? A bit very odd, very, very time yeah. travelly almost a little bit. Yeah. Time loopy, so it looks very interesting. Um, and that's all I've managed to find so far um, that's out this week. There is a, probably stuff on the various streaming channels. Yeah. We'll find. Yeah. Uh, we've still got the beekeeper still out. We can go and see the beekeeper. So, Mean Girls is still out as well. We've still got... Yeah. Um, something else i noticed that i haven't seen yet so yeah there's still a few things out there so we'll try and yeah. get i've seen boys in the boat i'll talk about that next week as well um but yeah that's us for this week calls to be able to find us uh number three beers in the movie on facebook we're on instagram and we are on x so look us up and we're, talk no we're actually and, not on x anymore we're off x yes okay if you cool, go to so. x for three beers all you see is a, a pinned tweet telling people to find us on instagram Nice, I like that. Fuck you, fucking Elon Musk, you yes. fucking sack of so shit. You're not gauging on yeah. the X platform anymore. So, for the mums and dads, you can come and get on Facebook, and for the cool kids, we're on it. There you go, that's how we were playing that one. I've been calling, you've been. Richard. Richard.